Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the podcaster that's here to keep you company, take your mind off of stuff, uh, and uh, meander, go off topic, get mixed up. It's time for the podcast that's never going anywhere all the time. Or something. I, I thought we had a catchphrase. Always going nowhere. I think that's what always going nowhere. I think that always going nowhere. I th- like. Uh, I don't know if you'd put it in parentheses, but I think that might have been our catchphrase. But I'm not totally sure. I can't remember. End parentheses. The only catchphrase with ps pss and more. It's time for sleep with me. The podcast that's here to take your mind off stuff and put you to sleep because one, you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place you could rest and get some comfort. That's why I make the show. Also. I know how it feels, uh, tossing, t- mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, sort of like a lot of other people listening. So this is a show to keep you company and take your mind off stuff so that you could fall asleep. I'm so glad you're here. The show start is going to start off with a little bit of support. Then there's going to be a long, meandering intro to help you wind down. And then we'll be talking about uh, an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation that uh, may or may not have become a series, an animated series, but it'll be more like a meandering bedtime story to keep, like I said, keep your company, take your mind off stuff so you could fall asleep. It's a bit different, so give it a few tries, see how it goes. And as I've already said, and as there'll be a lot of repetition in this, uh, always repeating, never the same. It's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Thanks for making it possible, my patron peeps. Uh, Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do to create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, like things you're, th- you know, thoughts, uh, things you're thinking about. So thoughts, I guess, uh, about the past, the present, the future. Thoughts, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't even know. My, my thoughts were like, yeah, I guess you could call us thoughts. Uh, feelings. Uh, anything feeling any feelings coming up for you about the, about those thoughts related to those thoughts or feelings that are just there you may have detected I'm a little bit under I get a little bit of a cold I'm recovering from right now I got some thoughts and feelings about that and physical sensations so if it's uh, physical sensations changes in time temperature routine you know, a little bit of the a little seasonal something. That's what I'm dealing with. Uh, it could be, it could be a you know guess. You could be traveling. You could have something coming up. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, uh, I'm here to keep your company and take your mind off so so that you could fall asleep. And that's the reason we make the show is because you deserve a place where you could get some rest. You deserve a bedtime. You could feel neutral about, or ideally look forward to. Say, well, at least at bedtime I got that uh, podcast guy goes on and on about nothing. Uh, because if you get the sleep you need, your life's going to be more manageable, right? And uh, then you could be out there living your life. And if you get the rest you need on a regular basis, you could be out there flourishing. And that that means that not only is uh your life better, but the world we live in is a better place. So that's one half of why I make the show. The other half is, and and I'm I'm not just saying this, as you're listening, there's a lot of other people listening that can relate to how you feel. Uh, If this is your first time here, I mean, I, I can list a lot of words around bedtime and bedtime solutions. You know, it's been frustrating, you know, tossing, turning, trouble, you know, all that stuff. Uh, there's a reason we call it the deep, dark night on this show. There's a lot of feelings and whatever it is that you're going through or that's keeping you awake or the reason you can't sleep while well, there might not be someone listening that's experienced the exact same thing. A lot of us can relate to how it feels. 
And so that's why I make the show. What I'll do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones and pointless meanders, which means my voice is not traditionally soothing. Uh, it's more of a mildly not dist- you know, mildly not bad and uh, slightly distracting. And then pointless meanders and superfluous tangents mean I'll like go off topic, I'll get mixed up, then I'll repeat, and then I'll say, wait, what was I thinking about? And then I'll say, like, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, I was talking about this thing, and then I uh, thought about this other thing. So all to, to, to keep you company and take your mind off stuff so you can fall asleep, there's a couple things to know. This is a podcast that really isn't here, even though it's a sleep podcast. It's a bit strange, but this is the, 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 the sleep podcast that doesn't put you to sleep. It's more here to keep you company and take your mind off of stuff. Uh, more so to put you to sleep and, and it's more of a podcast you just kind of barely listen to like a little bit more than background noise background like uh, like uh, el- not elevated background noise i don't know what would elevated background noise be like uh like trained crickets like harmonizing crickets or uh, you'd say, oh, well, it, uh, was recorded in uh, France. Oh, okay. So it's elevated background or, or you could, you know, I would be, take it literally. Oh yeah. We recorded it on a, uh, we recorded it. We re- elevator here. Oh, here's a, here's, here's a wild idea. Uh, I'm sure it's happened before elevator music recorded on elevators. They could, is that a Brian Eno album? I don't know if it is, but, uh. I mean, I'm sure if that hasn't been done before, please do it. Like uh, live elevator, instead, live elevator music on elevators. It would be great if it could be on, um, what are those called? Like a uh, glass elevator. So we could watch it and maybe like, uh, maybe that, that, then you can have a larger audience, uh, like, cause you have the, uh, then you have some sort of amplification is this idea just only coming coming together for me but uh you have half i don't know what are the usual pieces of elevator music uh let's just say it's a quartet uh i mean how come there's not more i guess because people have to use the elevators okay there's an obvious answer okay point taken so uh, maybe there's a place that has a bunch of extra elevators or something but uh I mean, you could still take the elevator. That would actually make it even better. Like people get on the elevator, and you just have, you just say, "Oh yeah, we're 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 in the middle of a playing a set. Uh, there's a concert in the lobby. Uh, we're it's elevated elevator elevated elevator music live. Uh, though it's not all. Sometimes it's descending elevator music, uh, and sometimes it's ascending." Oh, I thought, oh, this is supposed to be a sleep podcast intro? Okay, but uh, I'm, I'm not on an, oh, I'm only on an elevator in my imagination? Oh, boy. Okay, so this is a podcast you, oh, you don't really listen to, and it doesn't put you to sleep. I'm here to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar bud, your boar bestie, your neighbor. I don't think, sorry, I'm jumping back, pointless meander or whatever. I don't think I could do a live sleep with me on an elevator just because you say, well, what is it? But, but it'd have to be elevator music, you know? I mean, I don't know what else it could be. Maybe, I mean, maybe some sort of performance. Uh, I don't know. Are there any Shakespeare plays that would be suited for performance on an elevator? I mean, I guess there's that uh, Aerosmith song. Aerosmith live live from the elevators, uh, but is then they say, well, Stephen did not want to play Love in an Elevator though, too on the nose, and then everybody would. I mean, I think we say, well, I want they didn't play Love at an Elevator, you know, I want a refund. Okay, well, uh, line this this is an imaginary. Oh, okay, Yanni. Live from ele- live from from elevators. Uh, I'm just trying to think. It was, it was the the elevator tour, the elevators tour. Yanni, the elevators tour. 
be, I don't know, be like, uh, we'd be able to sell a lot of tickets, obviously. I mean, maybe somebody with a big budget, like, could they could have their whole stage set up. I'm sure that a lot of uh, performers with, like, really expensive stage shows have had elevators before, but not an actual glass elevator that goes up, like, ten floors. Like, more of, you know, dr- dramatic elevators or, you know, elevators that are, like, kind of like cages or whatever. So anyway, what was my point? Oh, so podcast, you really don't let, oh, I'm here to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar bud, your boar bestie, your neighbor, your boar friend, your friend in the deep dark. Now I'm here to keep you company and take your mind off stuff so you can fall asleep. Now I'll be here to the very end. If you can't sleep, don't worry. I'm here to keep you company whether you're awake or asleep. Or if you need episode after episode after episode. Whatever it is, I'm here to keep you company and take your mind off stuff so that you can fall asleep. I'm here to be your friend in the deep, dark night. Uh, so those are two things, you know. It's a podcast you don't listen to. doesn't really put you to sleep. only takes your mind off stuff. A couple other things. It does take a few tries to get used to this show. And I don't say that for my benefit. Uh, I, I say it for yours. There's, like, tons and tons of listeners who said, took two or three tries before I came became a listener to this podcast. And a lot of people, they listen once, and they say, I'll never listen to that again. And then years later, they say, maybe I'll listen to that sleep podcast again. Someone else recommended it. And then on their second or third try, they say, oh, when he says it's never gets started and never going anywhere, he means it in a good way. He says, this podcast is going nowhere slow. He, he, that's, oh, that's the point of the show. Because understandably, if you, if you've been having trouble sleeping for a long time, and you've tried a lot of different stuff. You're skeptical, and maybe you're saying, well, I'd just like to get some sleep. Uh, so if you arrive at this show skeptical or doubtful, or, or, or that, that's totally normal. But give it a few tries and just see how it goes, because it, it does take a while to get to that of like, oh, it is like a active background noise or something. It's background noise I kind of listen to until I fall asleep. But it does take a couple tries to get used to it. If you already know you don't like the show, you can check out sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. That has a list of other sleep podcasts and sleepy audio on there because you still deserve a good night's sleep, whether this podcast works for you or not. So let's see. Podcasts, you oh, don't really um, structure. Oh, structure the show. That's the next thing. It's, it takes a few tries to get used to. Oh, structure the show also throws new listeners off. Totally understandably. The show's designed in a, a specific way because it, go, you know, just goes out as a podcast. But you can adjust how you listen as you become a regular listener. But the show starts off with a greeting, friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So you feel seen and welcomed in. And you say, oh, this podcast maybe is a friendly space I could check out. And usually I try to say something funny or I forget. And then, you know, I just be myself. And you say, oh, okay, this is a little bit different. So that's the greeting. Then there's support for the show because the goal of podcast is to be free twice a week. And that's made possible by the sponsors and the people that support the show and the sponsors. And that's cool. You say, oh, wow, I don't got a subscribe or anything. I just free when I want it. Then there's support for listeners who are having a tough time, support for communities around the show. Then there's the intro. And we're already like 10 minutes into the intro or so, but the intro goes on and on and on. And a lot of people say, isn't there a more efficient way or isn't this navel gazing or is this part of the support? But no, the intro is a a 10 to 20 minute or somewhere in between introduction of the podcast meant to introduce new listeners to the show. But for regular listeners, it's kind of familiar every time, but it also is different every time. So you say, oh, okay, I have some familiarity with the structure of the intro, but whatever Scoots is going to go on a tangent about, he doesn't even know. And he'll probably even forget halfway through it. Uh, but the intro also is meant to ease you into bedtime and to help you wind down. There's like a percentage of listeners that skip the intro. There's a percentage of listeners that fall asleep during the intro. But for most listeners, it's a matter of getting in bed and getting comfortable or doing some sort of other wind-down activity while they're listening to the intro or getting ready for bed. 
to slowly lower the volume, to have a transition from wake time to sleep. So that's what the intro does. Then there's more support for the show, and then there'll be our story. And tonight will be a recap of an episode of TNG, Star Trek The Next Generation. It returns after a little while. We return to the sh- watching some TNG. And so that'll be nice. Even if you're not familiar with the show, it'll be a nice meandering discussion of it. And then there'll be some thank yous at the end. So it's a structural show. That's why we make the show. I'm really glad you're here. I really appreciate you coming by and checking this podcast out. I work hard. I yearn and I strive. I really hope I can help you fall asleep. So thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways we're able to do it for, for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody, we're talking about uh, Season 7, Episode 15 of Star Trek The Next Generation Lower Decks, which I think, and I'm not positive about this, so if you were confused when you saw the title, I know there's an animated show that's fairly new called Lower Decks, which I think this is kind of the, maybe the episode conceit about it, but I'm not positive because I have not seen Lower Decks. It is on my list of things to watch, though. But this starts off with uh, Riker and Troy uh, in 10 forward. And uh, there's uh, someone cleaning a table in the background. They're talking about crew evaluations. Riker's kicked back very casually. They both have pads. Uh, The game is on the table, the ball game. On their table, it's red and purplish blue balls. You get a couple good shots of that, the way it's stacked. Then we go to a crew table, and there's four crew members uh, playing uh, uh, this uh, the ball game, but with black and white balls, and they're trying to have a good time, but they're talking about their evaluations too. And one guy seems particularly stressed about getting a promotion. Uh, there's a Vulcan named Torek uh, who is very logical about things. Uh, but yeah, this guy's worried about it, but we hear a little bit about the Bajoran people, which comes in to be important roommate, uh, Torek and the other guy are roommates, uh, very good laughs, uh, they have, or someone has a very good laugh. No dessert for Troy. Uh, we see the bartender whose name I think is Sam is stirring up trouble kind of in a friendly way. The first time I watched it, though, I was like, is this for real? And, uh, oh, they're also worried about who's going to be promoted to ops. Uh, that's like the biggest discussion. Uh, and, uh, bra- oh, then we go to the bridge after the scene ends. Uh, let's see. But yeah, first is the, the Sam, the bartender, the new, uh, what do you call that? Uh, the new person running 10 forward. Uh, I don't know if Sam's a human or not. But it says, oh, two of you are up for the same job, by the way, for ops, uh, which stresses the one guy out. Then the, uh, then the opening sequence goes. Uh, yeah, then we're on the bridge. Enemy phasers, wharf glares, target destroyed. Salivacious of something. Uh, ensign. Relay float, Lavelle. So that's one of the other ensigns' names. I, I, one eye sufficient, dude. Oh, so Lavelle's the guy that worries. Uh, this is a training sequence, by the way. And uh, Alpha Shift uh, was 7% slower than Gamma Shift. I think that's what I, but uh, New Orders, Cedos on Ops. Uh, Cito and Lavelle. Lavelle gives Cito the tri- silent treatment for a little while because he's jealous uh, that Cito's on ops. Uh, fly, sp- fly under the table. Laughs. You did well. Riker has it out for me, though. Maybe he's, Riker, uh, Cito says, maybe Riker thinks I need more practice. Then we go down to engineering and we see Torek and Jordy. And, uh, Torek, uh, very good Vulcan says, geez, I've been improving this new, new, new warp field, uh, where it's out of sync, uh, uh, 7% better. Dr. Nils, uh, Diaz, 
might just check in the thing um and uh the, is it playing uh this is where we have Lavelle and uh, Cito side by side on the bridge uh talking about uh Cito's trying to be very friendly with Lavelle who but Lavelle's like more like I gotta be I'm too stressed like very scootery and I, I can't communicate I'm too stressed um and says Jesus Riker didn't think so swear he's got it in for me how come you're sitting in this chair instead of me well figured I needed more practice than you do and okay now we're in engineering and Jordan Turk, you got a minute yeah I'll just show you something uh this is simulation Improvising again, Ensign, Ensign, matters speaking. This is a computer simulation, computer simulation of a new warp, warp field. Jordy thinks it's a problem. Your plasma flow nanocells are out of sync. No, that's deliberate. Uh, as you can see, this configuration has increased uh, overall warp speed, warp field integrity by 7%. Tori says, wow. Nils Diaz has been experimenting with this at the tan line in propulsion lab. Never heard anything about it. Well, his findings haven't been released yet. Uh, but preliminary report is good from, I got it when I was at the academy. Jordy says, look forward to reading it. Uh, and Torek says, why don't we just set this up right now? Jordy's like, no, 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 no. Uh, got to do a simulation. Uh, he just wants to do tests, uh, but Jordy says, no, no, there's variables you couldn't account for. And he well, I'm quite thorough. I'm a, you know, I'm Vulcan. Uh, Jordy says, you're going to need my authorizations. Okay, as you wish. Uh, if you have any other ideas, run them by me. Oh, I got other ideas. When can we meet? Uh, Jordy says, catch you later, dude. He says, I already have one uh, logic-filled logic friend. Torek's confused. He says, hmm. Uh, hands behind back. Now we're in the med bay. And uh, Dr. Crusher's working on something. She says, oh, if you're worried about the evaluations, things are going great. This is uh, Lieutenant Agawa or Ensign Agawa. She says, okay, thank you. Uh, and she says, I'm going to recommend you to be a lieutenant, though. Promotion. Lieutenant Alyssa Agawa. Sounds wonderful. Talk to Riker. It'll be official as soon as evaluations are over. Uh, Gal was very happy. How are things going with you and Lieutenant Powell? Who's this mystery character in this episode? I don't know if it ever appears on... If I'm, I'm like, maybe I've seen an episode with this Andrew Powell, but she says he's preoccupied lately. Last night he canceled our date. He's working on some research proposal. Says he's been busy with it. Uh, and Beverly goes, Yeah, sometimes I get busy with research too. So, and Lieutenant Gow says, I don't know. I wonder though, uh, do you wah wah wonder? Yeah, why? And then Beverly says, Sit down now. Let's talk. Uh, tea time. And Gow says, I never met anybody like Andrew. It seems like we've known each other forever. You do seem well suited. But she says, I don't know. Something's going on. Uh, Maybe I'm blind with love, uh, not seeing the warning signs. And, uh, you know, should I be worried? Uh, what do you think, uh, Dr. Crusher? Am I not seeing everything? And uh, Dr. Crusher says, I don't know. I think you're overreacting. Uh, you know, love, uh, when love's in the air, it's in the air. Uh, Andrew cares about you as much as, you know, I, I don't, I think you'd have to do more than cancel a date. And Nagawa says, okay. And uh, she nods her head. And she says, well, I'll have to deal with Lieutenant Ogawa now. Beverly goes, oh, yeah. So she heads off out of Med Bay. And we see the uh, uh, full stop, the, the uh, Enterprise come to full stop. Then we're back at 10 forward talking. Uh, Sito and Worf are talking about degaussing dishes and sensors to find a lost puppy. Ops is different than tactical. And Sito says, I don't even know why I'm being considered for ops anyway. I'm a security officer. Worf says, well, I recommended you. She says, what? Uh, she goes, well, I'll try not to let you down then. 
And Lavelle's worried. What are they talking about? Torx says, why don't you learn to lip read? Uh, and uh, maybe he's giving her pointers to get that ops position. Then uh, Riker comes in. He says, hey, Ben, Will, what's up? Uh, he goes, what are you guys on a first name basis? He goes, yeah, I'm a civilian. I'm not in Starfleet. Uh, he's an off-duty. And Laval says, Riker probably sleeps in his uniform, man. Why don't you get to know him? Uh, maybe, maybe he doesn't n- not like you. And Laval goes, no, he doesn't like me. He doesn't even know you. Go talk to him. About what? Well, I don't know. Something you have in common. He likes jazz poker. He's Canadian. This is what Sam the bartender says. Uh, the guy says, my grandfather's from Canadian. There's your in. But he gets up right as Cito comes to sit down. So I don't know if she took that as like a, like an off thing. Goes up to Riker, says, good evening, sir. Uh, Riker goes to Lavelle. And he goes, what's up? What, what can I do for you? Oh, I was just getting a drink. And Riker says, your drink's full, though. What are you drinking? Velar, I don't know. Uh, what is Riker drinking? Let's find out. Uh, Tarkin Ale. Trachean Ale, I think. Uh, and then he's very scooter. because my grandfather's Canadian. And Riker goes, uh-huh. Are you one, too? Your grandfather? No. So the guy's, like, stepping on his own toes. Uh, Riker goes, I'm not Canadian. I grew up in Alaska. Okay, well, they both have snow, huh? Riker says, yeah, been pleasant talking to you, dude. I was just sitting here by myself, uh, and the guy walks away without either one of his drinks, the one he ordered or the one he had had already. Then we see the Enterprise again, sitting still. Uh, we're on the bridge. Uh, at first this was very confusing to me. Like, I didn't, I thought this was a whole training episode or some sort of, uh, something was happening to the crew, but. There's like a secret plan. They got an object five meters in length, uh, escape pod. They're like, okay, it's inside Cardassian space. What are we going to do? How we get it out of there? Well, we'll have to use, um, whatever, the transporter beam. So they're trying to figure out, they say, we got to get it off of this thing quick. Uh, can't go into Cardassian territory. So they say, Jordy, uh, got to get this five. Try, Jordy says, we'll try the frequency spread. Uh, don't identify the uh, life readings of Toric. Uh, let's just get them aboard. Uh, no IDs. Uh, they get up to 107 or 109. They only need it at 107% of normal. Get a look back. Uh, Get get a lock. Uh, Crusher's ready. She says, Lieutenant Nagawa, you got to leave. Uh, this is top secret stuff. Or Alyssa, she says. Nagawa leaves Med Bay. Sito's guarding Med Bay. What are you doing here? Not supposed to let anyone in except uh, senior officers. Something's going on. Yeah, I don't know what. Uh, and Picard walks by Sito. Gives her a long look, uh, then walks by. She looks concerned. Then he goes in. Then we have a shift change on the bridge where Riker is. Alpha shifts relieved. Um, what's his name? Says he wants to stand for another shift. Riker goes, it's not a good time right now. Uh, he t- totally is. Uh, what's that guy's name? I forgot his name. I'll remember, but, uh, so he goes, it gets on the, uh, uh, thing. Then Riker leaves Med Bay and he tells Cito with me, they head towards the, um, what is that thing called? The, you know, the elevator thing. Lavelle comes off there, looks at Cito with Picard. He's like, oh boy, I'm not happy. Picard says to Bridge, pretty quiet on the, um, Whatever that thing, trans thing. And he goes, are you a certified pilot, Ensign? Cito says, yes, sir. That's it. Picard's very stern-faced. They go into his his office or ready room or whatever you want to call it. He sits down, and this is intense, man. He goes, how long have you been on the Enterprise, Ensign? Seven months. Uh, He goes, you're up for ops? Uh, You think you're up to it? 
she goes, I do. Right, Picard says, I don't know. You know, remember that stuff with Will, Will, uh, like everything that happened? Well, Wesley Crusher, and you guys were uh, racing hot rods, uh, and she goes, yeah, I didn't, um, made a mistake, uh, racing hot rods, uh, he goes, daredevil stuff, uh, can't do that on the Enterprise, but what was, I didn't like the way you handled it, uh, got in the way of us looking into it. And she goes, yeah, you're right. I know I made a mistake. Uh, and he goes, yeah. You did make a mistake, uh, and you join the other people making mistakes. Uh, he's very stern. And she goes, what do you think that tells me about your character? And she goes, you know what? Like, uh, don't, don't you know what it was like for me? Uh, she goes, I had to take my flight and test, test with the, uh, instructor because no one wanted to be my partner the rest of the time I was there. It would have been easier to quit, but I didn't. I stuck with things. Uh, doesn't that say something about my character? Picard go, he basically says, boo-hoo-hoo. I'm sorry you didn't enjoy your time at the academy. Should have been expelled. And then he says, he's very being Willy Wonka. I don't even know how you got on this ship. Uh, dismissed. Which which ends up, uh, he says that. Uh, so it's interesting the payoff later. He stares after her as she leaves the office. That's another ad break. Then we're in the shuttle bay. Jordy and Torek, and Torek's lasering his shuttle. Says, what, what are we doing, Jordy? Running tests? Uh, why are we damaging the shuttlecraft? Uh, we're evaluating hull resiliency, dude. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, there's easier ways to do it. Uh, Jordy goes, it's a requirement. No, nah, I don't think it is, Jordy. Or, you know, whatever, off, it was Lieutenant uh, LaForge, uh, Commander LaForge or whatever. What if I do a low-intensity, you know, beam? Uh, Jordy goes, just do what I'm telling you to do. Uh, it's fine the way it is. Very grouchy. Uh, Four-second burst right here. And then Torx says, well, let me do it from another angle. Why? Well, if we're trying to make it look like the shuttle was damaged, this would be a better angle to do it from. Uh, interesting coincidence, huh? And Jordy just says, yeah, and uh, whatever, uh, but Jordy goes, what, why do you think that? Uh, he goes, uh, cause it's a lot, you know, he did, then none of that happened. Uh, but you know, Torx like, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm able to put, put a couple of these puzzle pieces together. And there's Torek. He's lining up another laser beam. And we go to Med Bay. Uh, Alyssa, I'm glad you're here. Beverly says, we got somebody, uh, and it's a top secret thing. So you can't discuss this patient with anybody. And it's like, oh, it's a Cardassian. And uh, a guy was like, holy mackerel. Uh, polar gone. Oh, then poker game time. So first we have the crew with uh, Sam from uh, the bar. They say, what is going on with this Cardassian space? Anybody know what's going on, Cito? I don't know. wonder who was in the thing. Uh, And Sam says, it's Ambassador Spock. Torek says, unlikely. Ben says, oh, it's not Sam, it's Ben. He says, that's what I heard. and then they go, uh, Lisa, any you hear anything? No. Uh, they go, where's Lieutenant Powell? Uh, he's doing a double shift. Uh, he's not playing poker. Uh, he's the worst poker player ever. That's what uh, Lavelle says. Uh, Sam is Lavelle. Oh. So they're playing five-card stud, I guess? And Lavelle has a big smile when he looks at his cards. Then we go to the the um, officers playing poker. And uh, they're talking about Powell, uh, double, like double Dayton, maybe. Like, uh, and then they talk about Encinito. Is Encinito prepared for ops? Uh, I don't know. And Worf says, yeah. And uh, everybody's betting. 
we see two different, so it's like parallel with like bluffs, different bluffs going on. So right now it's the Lavelle, Torek. Torek's like, you're not going to, um, then they're talking about Picard and Cito. So that doesn't make any sense. Uh, can't believe Picard would say that kind of stuff to you. She goes, well, maybe he's right. Uh, and even Lavelle says, you're a great officer. Uh, you deserve that post as much as anyone else. And I won't be getting it unless it's up, you know, if it's up to Riker. Worf says Ensign Cito should have a chance to prove herself. Uh, and Riker says, well, I'm not convinced about Lavelle. Too eager to please. Uh, and uh, Troy says, well, maybe he's just a nice guy. Uh, and so then Riker starts betting against uh, somebody, maybe Jordy. And Troy says, you and Lavelle are like, uh, we're not at all like, uh, Beverly says, you're bluffing. Uh, then we go to Lavelle who's got called up out on a bluff. Uh, and, uh, Ben calls his bluff, makes a big bet all in. And, uh, Ogawa says, maybe you shouldn't try so hard with light Riker. It doesn't matter if he likes you, he should respect you. And he must, if he's, you know, on some level. And uh, he says, well, maybe, you know, it's easier just to not worry about it. Uh, and we go back to the poker. Are you in, Torek? Uh, says, 39 to 1 odds. I got to get out. So Torek folds. Uh, and Jordy's, uh gives out, maybe they're playing seven card? I don't know what you call this. Uh one card down, six cards up. And, uh, but I mean, Jordy, I don't know if this is good poker because, uh, Riker's showing a flush, I think. Uh, and they said, Troy's on still in Riker's case. Uh, you know, didn't this happen to you when you were younger and they didn't hold it against you? Beverly laughs. Uh, Riker says, maybe I've been a little hard on Lavelle. Maybe you're right. right. Worf says, he's not bluffing, but Jordy thinks he is. And he has a flush. I mean, come on, Jordy. I mean, that's, uh, Jordy says he can't believe it. Uh, but it's like, it was a one in four chance, pretty much, uh, depending on how many diamonds Jordy had. Lavelle was bluffing. So now everybody's like, I got to go to sleep. One more hand. No. Jordy quits just because Riker's unbearable. But yes, I got to go down and do something in engineering. And next time I'll see you. Troy and Crusher say goodnight. Riker's very pleased. Cito leaves the game. And then uh, Torek says, you know, I'm, I'm surprised that. Uh, Jordan, uh, LaForge didn't take me up on my, the thing, he didn't like it. And then they say, well, maybe he doesn't like the fact you know more than he does. Uh, was that good for our relationship or not? And you go, well, it depends. And then that's when George just shows up out of blue and says, Torek, we got some work. Do you want to get, I got to go down and do some work. You want to come with me? And, uh, like, uh, give me a hand, uh. Torek says, I'd be pleased to, sir. Let's go. And says, oh boy. So they head out. And then it's just uh, Lavelle and Ben. Ben goes, I, or Lavelle says, I got to go to bed. Ben goes, come on, let's play some blackjack or something. Uh, and he goes, no, I got to go to bed, man. So Ben gets up. He goes to the officer's game. And, uh, rings the doorbell there. They say, come on in. And they, he says, I just cleaned out the junior officers. So how about I get in this game? Riker says, you're welcome to join us. Uh, pull up a chair, Troy says. He gives a good laugh. And we go to an ad. It was like an inside joke. Then we go to a martial arts kind of class that uh, Worf was teaching. And then he tries, he says, Cito, hang around. Uh, 
uh, once you, I get another group you could join, but you have to pass the guitar. Guitar, she says. Yeah. And he goes, oh, it's ancient Klingon r- ritual. Makbara. And she goes, I should practice. And War says, no practice. Uh, it's part of the ritual. Tess must be unannounced. Uh, and he puts a blindfold on her. And she, he says, okay, now you got to uh, deal with me with a blindfold on. I don't have a blindfold on. And he says, the guitar has begun. Defend yourself. And, I mean, this is very mysterious because there's really no chance uh, for her to defend herself against Worf with a blindfold on. But it is like, what's happening? It's very, uh, so he puts her down once and then he says, go again. Uh, and, uh, of course she's unsuccessful again and moving around. And, uh, he says, come on, defend yourself. He goes, aren't you listening? And she tries one more time. And Worf goes in, and uh, you go like, uh, yeah, rolls her. She, she she bumps her head, and he goes, "You did not anticipate." She takes off the blindfold, and she goes, "How am I supposed to defend myself when I have a blindfold on?" And he goes, "Stop making excuses." Uh, and she goes, "No, this is not a fair test." Worf goes, "Whoa, boy, very good. You passed the challenge." Uh, and she goes, by taking off my blindfold? He goes, by uh, saying the test's unfair. That's very courageous. Uh, and she goes, well, uh, doesn't guitar mean guitar? And she goes, uh, he goes, you speak Klingon? She goes, sir, is there such a thing as guitar? Or did you just make that up? And he goes, no. He goes, but if you're judged unfairly next time, uh, Maybe uh, you'll you'll speak up again. She goes, huh? I guess he knows what's going on. All right. So then we see the uh, uh, Enterprise again. Cito's speaking to Picard and saying, "Hey, I can't change the past. Uh, no one can. I can just work hard and earn the respect of the people I serve with now. And if you're not going to give me the chance, uh, transfer me." Picard goes, you're looking for someone more lenient? You're not going to find anyone. And she goes, permission to speak freely? And Picard goes, huh. Please do. She goes, if you don't want me on your ship, uh, you should have said so when you when I got assigned here. It's not your place to punish me. I worked hard here. I've been a good record. Uh, if you're going to judge me, judge me for what I am now. He goes, okay, well, uh, and he stands up, uh, and he goes, it took courage to come here and face me after what I said the other day. And he goes, I didn't ask you because I was assessing you for ops. Uh, she goes, I don't understand. He goes, uh, I was harsh with you because we have an important secret mission and, uh, it's not going to be easy. Uh, and I wanted to see how you'd react under pressure. And he goes, you can, he goes, come to the observation lounge 0900 and we'll discuss the mission. Okay. Yes, sir. And Ensign, uh, I do know why you ended up on the Enterprise. Uh, I asked for you. And he goes, I want to make sure you got a chance to redeem yourself. And she goes, thank you, sir. And she heads off. Card stares after her, takes a deep breath. Go to the bridge. A gal is there with a crusher. And Crusher says, you know, I've really become to depend on you, and I've recommended you for promotion. And she says, thank you, doctor. And she goes, also, I think of you as a friend. Uh, and I really care about you. And Ogawa says, that's nice of you to say. I feel the same way. And Beverly says, uh, how about you and Andrew Powell? Uh, and she goes, did you hear already? 
She goes, well, we were going to keep it a secret, but, uh, we're, uh, engaged, uh, in, um, Crusher says, I'm re- so happy. I'm so relieved. Uh, then we have Sito going into the observation lounge, the, um, Cardassians there, along with Worf Riker and Picard. And, uh, she looks at the Cardassian, Jorat Dahl. Uh, this is who was in the skate pod, member of the Cardassian military, but also a uh, Federation operative, uh, risked his life, uh, bring us secret intel. And, uh, yeah, we, we, like it can help your, your people, the Bajoran people and other planets in the sector, but we got to get them back because they don't know he's a spy. Says, okay, that's not going to be easy to get across the border again. The ship was destroyed. So we're going to make it look like he stole a shuttle. Uh, and uh, he'll attempt to talk his way past uh, the patrol. But he goes, yeah, if I have someone with me, like, uh, then I can look like I, you know, I went and got you. That's why I crossed the border. And I can get the patrol to look the other way. Taking a Bajoran in. And then uh, we'll we'll send you an escape pod back across the Enterprise. We'll pick you up. And he goes, you know, you know what you're signing up for, huh? Like, uh, this is not going to be easy. And uh, Sito says, I volunteer. And Worf goes, are you sure you're going to volunteer? Uh, Bajoran. She goes, yeah, I know the importance of things with Cardassians. Uh, so, yeah, made my choice. And she goes, go to sick bay, and Crusher will uh, explain what's next. Don't discuss this mission with anybody. Yes, sir. And uh, Cito looks at Worf, uh, like a kind of like a thank you, and thank you for your uh, opportunity and defending me. And the Cardassian's like, Jesus, like, uh, I didn't think it would be someone that's like super young. I don't know. Uh, stresses me out. And we go back to the Enterprise. We see the shuttle getting prepped. That Jordy's prepping it. Worf's on there. The Cardassian gets on there. Cito's undercover now. Uh, she got some makeup on to make her look like she's been with the, uh, Cardassian working together. And, uh, so Jesus, I want you to know, I really appreciate your confidence in me. Worf says, okay, good luck. I'll see you soon. Okay. You go to get on board the, um, she goes, gets on the uh, shuttle, goes to the cockpit, sits next to the Cardassian, Worf watches, and the door shuts. Worf looks worried. The shuttle takes off. Stunt makeup. Yeah, that's what I said. Good luck. See you soon. Walks off. Uh, Worf face. Goes to a break. After a shuttle... Oh, no. Then we go in. We see the shuttle cross the screen. Then there's shuttle tension. Approaching the border. They're going to find us soon by the patrols. And... uh, what should we say? What should I say anything? And he says, no, it seemed like I make sure I'm in charge. If you're asking any questions, uh, look to me. And she goes, can I ask you something? Like, why are you doing this for Starfleet? Uh, aren't you a Cardassian? He says, I'm not a traitor. Goes, just believe that WAR, what is it good for? Nothing. Because once he goes, once I thought that was a way, but now I realize it's just a platform, and people that love that, and it doesn't do. What is it good for? Nothing. Uh, he goes, this this can keep any battles from going on. I'm sick of it. Uh, so good. My people need peace. And she says, I never thought I'd hear a Cardassian say something like that. And uh, never thought a Bajoran would uh, help our Kardashian get home. So 
Then we get a beeping. Troll ship's moving in. So they get ready. Don't got much time. Then we see the Enterprise again. And we're at 10 forward. Uh, what's going on? There's no explanation towards Cardassian space. Uh, shuttle was uh, shuttle was damaged. Uh, can we talk about something else? Sam's the only one that doesn't know anything, so he's asking all these questions. But everybody else has sworn to secrecy. So we don't need to know everything. Uh, he goes, well, we should tell each other what we sh- we know. And he goes, you two know stuff. Uh, they go, yeah, it's we're, we're Federation, man. We got to keep. He goes, we're Starfleet officers, uh, so we're not allowed to talk about it. Period. Full stop. He goes, okay. He's a little frustrated. He goes, I better get going. I got duty in a half hour. Torek and Melissa share looks, uh, 47566.7 captain's log. I think that's the first captain's log. Uh, we were, we're supposed to meet up with Cito, no sign, 30 hours we've been waiting and no sign. And they're pacing around the bridge report, long wave scan, nothing's out there. And maybe there's something else, uh, inorganic matter. We're not, you know, throwing off the scans, uh, data says narrow the field. And, uh, Sam says, well, help us to know who we're looking for. Bajoran life signs that we're looking for, dude. Nothing yet. Uh, 32 hours overdue now. Where it says, let's launch a probe, increase the range of sensor sweeps. Uh, they say, that's a treaty violation, though. Riker says, that's Picard. Picard takes a breath. Uh, send a probe, Worf. Uh, they send out the probe, and probe's launched. And pretty quickly, we get the results. Uh, and Data says, yeah, uh, debris. 200,000 kilometers into Cardassian space. Uh, it is uh, a former escape pod uh, that has uh, gone to another dimension. And uh, everybody gets a look. Captain's log supplemental. Yeah, we got a thing about a Cardassian uh, and uh, Bajorans and. Uh, we don't know what happened, uh, but it was very brave. Uh, we know that. Then when the bosun's whistle sounds, uh, Picard makes a speech. Uh, Starfleet personnel, this is Captain uh, Picard. Ensign Cito Jax is uh, no longer working on the ship, has gone to a new dimension. Uh, and a uh, young woman of remarkable courage and strength of character, and, uh, you know, miss her. We all will. Uh, Picard out. Picard leans back in his chair, takes a breath. Uh, Another shot of the Enterprise. And Worf sitting alone, looking at something. I don't know what. uh, Rainbow drink. Gets brought over. Then uh, Torek, Agawa, and uh, what's the guy's last name? I forgot. Lavelle are sitting there. And Lavelle's like, I got promoted. And he said, congratulations. Uh, And he goes, yeah, thanks. Great. Just doesn't feel right, though. Maybe uh, she was going to get the promotion. And they say, come on, man. She would have been happy for you, Sam. And the best way to remember her is to excel in your new position. Lieutenant Agal puts his pip on him, touches his pip. We're proud of you, Sam. No, Ogawa doesn't have her pip, uh, second pip yet. Then they try to get Worf to move. They say, we got to move this table. Uh, Worf glares at him, Ben. Because there's an empty seat at that table with the people uh, who are friends with Cito. 
And Worf goes, I get what you're kind of trying to do, man, but uh, I'm an officer. They're enlisted or whatever. They're his fr- they were friends. He goes, you were friends with her. Come on. She considered you a friend. And Worf goes, okay. I guess. Uh, he doesn't say anything. He says it all with his face, uh, including like a glare, but a positive glare, I guess. Pulls his shirt down, goes over to the table, uh, and looks at all the three friends of hers, uh, and sits, uh, and they smile. They welcome him in. He nods, uh, and the Enterprise heads off. Okay, but so I'm going to look up Star Trek Lower Decks um, just just so we have some info on it uh, for the new show. So Star Trek Trek, uh, Lower Decks is an American adult and animated television series uh, created by Mike McMahon. This is from Wikipedia for CBS All Access, which is now Paramount+. Plus. It is the ninth Star Trek series. It was launched in 2020. As a part of Alex Kurtzman's uh, expanded Star Trek universe, Lodex is the first animated series since the 1970s Star Trek The Animated Series. In its first comedic series, it follows the low-ranking support crew of the starship Cerritos in 2380. Uh, Let's see. What do we got here? Uh, Work began in 2018. It was ordered for two seasons. Uh, what do we got? Well, uh, the main cast was announced in 2019. And then the first two seasons, uh, you know, production got moved. Uh, and it features many connections and references to past Star Trek series. Uh, it premiered in 2020, 10 episode run, first season, and the second season was released August uh, to October 2021. Third season came out in 2022, and a fourth season is supposed to come out. Uh, the premise is that uh, it's uh, late in the 24th century. Earth is part of a multi-species United Federation's planets. Uh, Starfleet uh, operates starships that travel the galaxies. And uh, Lordex features uh, one of Starfleet's least important ships, uh, the USS Cerritos. Uh, and this focuses on the missions and adventures of lower deckers, low-ranking officers with menial jobs, while the captain and senior officers are supporting characters. And, uh, yeah, we got uh, uh, Beckett, uh, Mariner, a human ensign. Daughter of Captain Freeman and a irreverent rule breaker, but very good at all things uh, Starfleets. Brad Bormler, a human ensign, stickler for the rules, but has to learn to improvise. Uh, uh, Let's see, Devana Tendi. In Orion, Ensign, and Med Bay. Uh, big fan of Starfleet. Thrilled to be on a ship. Uh, and helps introduce the audience to the setting and the characters. Uh, Sam Rutherford, Human Ensign, but with uh, some cyborg features. But different than Jordy. He solves things different because he's still learning. Uh, new to, he's new to being a cyborg. Uh, Carol Freeman, the human captain, but, you know, on a not important ship, uh, Jack Ransom, that's the first officer, kind of similar to Riker, but even like a bit more extreme, Shaxx, a Bajoran tactical officer, uh, Tayana, a, a, Kat, a Katian uh, doctor, uh, that's a head of medical. There's also an after show called The Ready Room. Uh, that's uh, hosted by Will Wheaton. Uh, 
There's a comic book, a video game, free-to-play video game. And uh, let's see if there's anything else in here. I think that's it. Uh, so that's a little bit about, uh, that's our first back episode back with TNG. Good to be back with TNG. And like I said at the beginning, I, I thought this was a really good episode because, uh, I mean, I didn't know what to expect. I'd never seen it before, before watching it a few times I did. So the first time I watched it, I was like, you know, I thought it was one of those ones where either it was like a simulation for training or like where the lower decks had to, had to take over the ship because the crew was under the influence of some outside force. And that's why they're acting so weird. But I think they were just acting weird because, uh, it was just a stressful situation. So definitely I was a little bit, um, misdirected, uh, but it was enjoyable. Good to be back, uh, on the USS Enterprise. Good night, everybody.